From rolling dice and drawing cards to solving puzzles and opening locks. For beginners who are new to games, as well as experienced players who want something new. Let us take you through the exciting world of gaming and help you design a great gaming get-together. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg. And Friday is game night. Happy New Year, everyone. In lieu of our normal type of episode, we have something special to kick off 2019. We recently joined forces with Danny and Bill from Escape This Podcast to run through one of their highly unique escape rooms. For those of you who are not familiar with Escape This Podcast, they specialize in a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles. Our time with Danny and Bill was a bit long Mm -hmm. to do their escape room. A normal escape room is about an hour. We took about an hour for their (laughs) thing. Plus also there's a little bit of time before and afterwards for us to kind of talk about how the thing's going to go. And we kind of get to know them a little bit afterwards as gamers. So um, we didn't want this episode to run super crazy long. Yeah, plus if you think about it, we have everything. We have our main topic. We have an escape room report for you. You guys get get to to... see us in action in an escape room and see how Lauren breaks down and starts beating me (laughs) when she gets frustrated. And we also, you know, we have a little bit of an interview with them at the end. So you kind of get all all of the normal components of an episode just in a different format. It's like after, you know, like the holidays, like Thanksgiving or Christmas, when you've had the great meal and all the different components, but you're like, I want a, like a Christmas dinner sandwich. <laughs> so like, this is just us taking two pieces of bread, which it's all there, guys. That's what I'm saying, just in a different format. But I think we think you guys will enjoy. So we're here with um, Escape This Podcast, Bill and Danny. Um, will you guys tell us what we're in for right now? <laughs> yes, we're, uh, we're from Escape This Podcast. Uh, we've got a room for you to play through. So what we do on our show is every episode we design a new escape room. And by we, I mean Danny. I do nothing. Uh, <laughs> we design a new escape room full of puzzles uh, and, and, and story and character. But it's... Audio only, so the whole thing takes place like a D and D game or or anything like that, like or like an old text based adventure. Uh, so there's no physical room. Uh, we've got a room here which we've done at a live convention before, uh, and we thought we'd bring it to you guys so you could try and play through it. Awesome, looking forward to it, and I especially love D and D. So this will be normally I'm the dungeon master, see, so it'll be fun for me mm. to actually be a player. Of yeah, sorts. and obviously we've done tons of escape rooms, but never anything like this. <laughs> So let's hope we're not terrible. Oh, you'll nah, be you'll be great. Just know that with the D&D comparison, the only difference is, besides no rolling, uh, usually, I won't say always, but usually smashing things isn't the right answer. Well, I'm done then, because <laughs> <laughs> I usually play a barbarian that just breaks everything. always has to be said. <laughs> so, for this room, you two are on a mission of honor and revenge. Your family has been wronged, and you are the only two who can reclaim justice. All of your lives, you've idolized your grandfather, who is the nation's greatest chef in living memory. You went into professional cooking because of him, and when he died in his sleep three months ago, it was expected that you would inherit his restaurant, his business, and most importantly, his secret recipe, the one that is almost certainly responsible for all his success over the decades. This recipe got him his first job, his first business loan, and his first award. It's it's a masterpiece. And if you like, you can tell me, what is this family recipe? Um, It is a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, the best. <laughs> like, you, you have no idea. Like, he gets it perfectly golden on the inside and the out. It's, like, amazing. 
So just imagine your distress when his estate agent informed you that the recipe was stolen from his safe. Oh no. <laughs> Luckily, it's okay. You know exactly who's responsible. There's only one chef who hated your grandfather enough to do this, and the only one who'd be so underhanded. He calls himself Grandmaster Anton. Yeah, he calls himself Grandmaster, even though that's a chess term. I was about to say. Yeah, right? (laughs) Fun fact, it's also a trivia term. You can be a trivia grandmaster. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Look, you've managed to find out that Grandmaster Anton took the recipe book into his own restaurant's kitchen. He copied the secret recipe and then burnt the original so no one could trace it back to him. And so you know what you have to do. Sneak into his kitchen after everyone's left for the night and find it. Do you guys have a pencil and paper so you can draw a rough sketch of where you are? Yes, we each do. Yes. Brilliant. It isn't hard to get in. All of Grandmaster Anton's chefs are packing up and you slide past them noiselessly and they're far too exhausted to notice. You look around and the west wall is lined with an oven, a shelf of pots and pans and a fridge. Are we mice? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say, I grab the first rat I can and put it on my head and see if he <laughs> operates me like a puppet. That's why we snuck in so easily. Um, when when you say fridge, are we talking like double wide fridge? Like how we kind of, how bigger is everything? Is this like an industrial size thing or is it like a kind of something people find in their home? Yeah, this one's, it's a pretty large one compared to a normal home fridge, but it's still the style of a home fridge. Okay, just it's making sure. It's not like sure. a walk-in Yeah, fridge. that's what I was going for. It's not like a no. walk-in Kind of thing, okay. Funny you say that, but no, not this one. Okay. (laughs) To the south, there's the service window where the chef's hand completed dishes through to servers. And in front of that is a bench covered in plates and cutlery. Down in the southeast corner, you spot a first aid kit mounted on the wall. Probably going to need that. (laughs) Because I will cut myself. (laughs) (laughs) The northeast corner has the sink and the east wall has a glass cupboard full of cutting boards. Stretching from the north wall to the middle of the room are two enormous benches. One of stoves and one is a prep counter. The prep counter has some storage space underneath where various fancy cooking devices are stored. The chefs start trickling out, still not noticing you. But to be safe, you creep towards a door in the east wall, which leads to the kitchen's walk-in freezer room. Yay! And you let yourself in. <laughs> you know what's in a kitchen. You've worked in them before so now while you're in here they definitely won't catch you you wait for a while until you're sure they're gone and just look around so inside this freezer you see three long shelves along the north wall a meat fridge directly opposite the freezer door and three large produce tubs in the middle of the floor is there ice cream we'll have to find out (laughs) beside the door there's an alarm button Standard practice, in case someone accidentally gets locked in, they need to be able to alert the other chefs. That's in the freezer, right? Not on the outside, but on the inside. Just making sure. Correct. Okay. Lick something. No, that's for later. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, there's a large wall-mounted fan in the southeast corner, keeping the room chilly. Once you're certain you're alone, you pull on the freezer door to get back to the kitchen. And it doesn't budge. (sighs) They must have set it to automatically lock for the night. Well, nobody knows a professional kitchen better than you. You can get out of this and find your grandfather's recipe. But do it quickly because it's cold in here. Okay. All right. So you know how they keep warm in Russia, right? You call the police and hope they break you out of the freezer. (laughs) 
I mean, we do have the button, but we're also trying to sneak around here. Yeah, and that's the <laughs> easiest way to, like... Okay, well, but sometimes, though, because I actually have worked in a grocery store before with a meat freezer. <laughs> and so usually, like, there's an emergency release on the door. So, mm. like, this mm. does not happen. So, um, from what I can see on my side of the door, is there any kind of, like, a latch, like, on the upper or lower level that I can pull as, like, an emergency release? Or is it just kind of, like, a smooth... It seems horrifyingly unsafe from that perspective, but you suspect from bits and pieces that you do know from your time working in the kitchen that there's meant to be a rule in place that no one is ever in this freezer when there's no one else around. Oh, fantastic. Should, this should not happen. <laughs> okay, so I guess we start checking shelves. <laughs> yeah. Um, the fan. Is there anything we can see about the fan? You can't see much of the inner workings of it, but suffice to say it's working because the freezer area is pretty cold. There's a small gauge on the front of it that tells you the current temperature, and it's attached to a sensor that must feel the air around it. A long wire attaches this sensor and gauge to the freezer door. You've heard how these work. If the fan breaks down, the air warms up and alerts the sensor to a problem, and the device automatically opens the freezer door so chefs working in the kitchen can see there's something wrong and fix it. Okay, so clearly we need to make the sensor think it's warm. Do we pull the cord or? <laughs> well, is there a cover on this fan? Can I possibly slip something in to block the fan so that it's no longer turning to no longer cool the room down? It doesn't seem like it from what you can see. Like you can't it. really see into <laughs> okay. the middle. It looks like all of the inner stuff is pretty blocked off from Okay, that, fair, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go take a look at those uh, three shelves you said were on the north wall, I believe. See kind of like what's in stock there. Absolutely. So these stretch up all the way to the ceiling. Sadly, not ice cream, but they're (laughs) almost entirely taken up by fruits and vegetables. But you can see three baskets that are empty. Okay. Three empty baskets to hold the heads of my enemies in. Got it. (laughs) Well. Okay, we got a bunch of fruits and vegetables. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's go take a closer look at that uh, meat supply. Mm-hmm. It seems to have both meat that is being stored for much later and some meat that's currently being marinated. And weird, the ones being marinated are sitting in clear liquid rather than a regular marinade. You pick one up and you sniff it and whoa, it smells like really strong alcohol, which is unusual because most chefs hate strong alcoholic marinades. Uh, alcohol normally dehydrates and denatures proteins. But Grandmaster Anton does usually know what he's doing, you suppose. I mean, that was the key part of his grilled cheese recipe. Lots of alcohol. Yeah. (laughs) Alcoholic corned beef. (laughs) That's why it tastes so good. Okay, did we have anything on the north wall? Well, that's what that that was the shelves, yeah. Okay, that was the shelves. And then you said, aren't there like shelves in the middle or like um three big tubs. tubs, Yeah, yeah, tubs. Of like produce, yeah. yeah. Well do Yeah, they come up to about hip height. They look Heavy but movable. One's full of tomatoes. One is about half full of lemons. And one is about two-thirds full of potatoes. And sitting on top of the tomatoes, there's a piece of butcher's paper that has a message written in all capitals. And it says, Marion, I'm not letting you out until you've shelved the produce. No slacking this time. Put them in the right place. Okay, um... Going back to those three empty baskets, is there any kind of indication on them as to what goes into what? 
You can't see anything about them that tells you what should be in them. Okay. I mean, I think that we maybe fill up those baskets with a little bit of each. You know, one basket with the tomatoes, one basket with the lemons, and then just kind of put them back. Put them back, sit. and that will magically do it. <laughs> I, hey, I've played escape rooms yeah. where I just put a candle on a shelf and a door open on the other side of the room. <laughs> I'm not messing around in here. Yeah, fair enough. That's actually the best difference between us and a real escape room. In a real escape room, trial and error works. In these rooms, I just get to say, nothing. <laughs> well, at least I feel like I did a good job in helping Marion out. <laughs> yeah, whoever Marion is, maybe we'll help her out. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you try a couple of random goes, but it doesn't seem to have any effect. All right. Don't like um, potatoes, like cut like if you put wires into a potato won't it cause an electrical charge well, it, can, it can act like a battery yeah. can we use that to like warm up the... you go ahead <laughs> meat marinating and alcohol yeah we've got a bunch of uh, fruits and vegetables we've got a fan and a sensor we've got the button that we didn't push oh, okay you go ahead and push and call everybody and then she'll say came over immediately <laughs> well actually it's funny you say that the alarm button is actually encased in a glass box so you can't press it even if you wanted to that uh. you can't see a way to open this box but through the glass you can see a small post-it attached to it and okay. it says for the last time, stop pressing buttons so quickly. It breaks it. Don't press mm. the button so quickly. It breaks it. Hmm. Mm. And you said it's encased in like a plastic safety kind of case so no one can touch it. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. I throw potatoes at it. <laughs> <laughs> See if I can knock that thing loose. Acknowledged. It does that little thing, like, you know, you catch one of the corners and just a tiny bit of potato juice stuff sprays out. Hey, that's more vodka for the meat. <laughs> yeah, right. So is there anything on the, the floor or the ceiling that we haven't looked at? No, nothing exciting. Is there a drain? You'd assume so, but... <laughs> but nothing that we, we should mess with. <laughs> yeah. You'd also We're assume that the main kitchen has a door to the outside, but somehow I didn't include that either. <laughs> <laughs> this is a magical kitchen. I know, right? <clears throat> oh, whatever comes in, no whatever goes out. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird Except that food. way. <laughs> they just crawl through the window when they're done for the mm. day. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that yeah, there's no secret things hidden anywhere. You have all of the things that you need to. Okay, so we've got a bunch of produce, we got three empty baskets, we've got meat that's like horribly being treated in <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> Um, and then we've got this wire that attaches to the door from that gauge. Yeah. Well, it's connected to the gauge. Mm -hmm. Am I able to fiddle with the gauge at all? Like, is that something that I can reach and access? Or, uh, it's, or is it, or is it just like a, like a visual gauge? Exactly. Okay. Okay. So we can see it, but we can't like rip it apart. Or... Yeah, yeah. Right. Do I think I could pull the wire away from the gauge in a way that is safe and not going to electrocute me to death? It might not electrocute you, but you're a bit worried that deactivating it might deactivate the door opening mechanism completely and definitely I would, leave yeah, you stuck. Yeah, I thought about that. <laughs> well, I know that like some marinades like can actually end up cooking the meat by accident, mm -hmm. but I don't think us pouring the marinade on the sensor is going to help <laughs> our cause. Uh, yeah, um, go back to the produce and the tubs and the baskets. Yeah. 
is there any, I'm going to dig my hands around in there and see like if there's anything like that's more than surface deep. That's not immediately apparent. Fair enough, but now you just find more tomatoes, lemons, and potatoes. Your, okay. Your hands get covered with potato, smelling potato dirt. That's not a problem in my world. <laughs> <laughs> We've got tomatoes, potatoes, and lemons. Mm-hmm. Oh my. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking citric acid from the lemons, but I don't think that she's going to assume that my kitchen background makes me a science major. <laughs> yeah, <So>. right. <laughs> Especially when our, our grand plan is to get a grilled cheese recipe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you were on the right track with the baskets. With the baskets? The, the empty baskets on the shelves. Yeah, there's something about those empty baskets mm-hmm. on the shelves. What was that note before about Marion? I'm sorry, can you read that to me again? Absolutely. Marion, I'm not letting you out until you've shelved the produce. No slacking this time. Put them in the right place. And we said that I tried filling the baskets and, like, nothing really came from that. Mm-hmm. No, not when you did it at random. Assuming that you did it at random and you got it wrong. So there has to be an order then yeah, to it. Yeah, there has to be an order in which... Now, just just so I know, are the, the baskets are meant to kind of, like, line up, like, left to right. Right, so I'm thinking there must be an order, like... Example, tomatoes, potatoes, lemons. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what we're thinking? Yeah, just one basket for each thing. Okay, great. There's, there's three combinations. That's six possible total combinations. <laughs> so let's power through it. Tomatoes, potatoes, lemons. Go. Uh, this, let, let's just say this is going to take too long and be too difficult. And we're going to freeze Between it each time. <laughs> Hey, I'm moving to... and doing things. I'm keeping warm. Did you never read where the red fern grows? That dog followed that raccoon around the tree all night, and he survived the winter. Obscure literary reference, okay. I don't think that's going to get us out either. There must be some way to know which basket is meant to contain which thing. What about, what else on, like, the shelves? Is there, like, is the fruit all together? Is, is there, like, a color order to, like, the fruit? Like, all the strawberries and cherries are on the left, and then, you know, kind of... <laughs> No, you don't seem to see any visual clues about what this could be, about what the order is. Hmm. And there's nothing in those bags. Can we smell them? Do they smell like... Oh, that's a great question. (laughs) You know what? You give the baskets a sniff, and the one on the left has a pretty distinct potato dirt smell. Yay! (laughs) And the middle one... Potatoes! Boom! (laughs) Yeah, the middle one smells like lemons, and... Well, the right one doesn't smell like much, but you assume that that's the tomato basket. Don't assume know. nothing. <laughs> not, not until so, yeah, so, yeah, we're going to go. So we're going to do that. We're going to do potatoes on the left, lemons in the center, and uh, tomatoes on the right. You pour those tomatoes, lemons, and tomatoes into their... Ba- Wait, what did I just say? <laughs> Double up those tomatoes. That's a lot of tomatoes. <laughs> All I was thinking was tomatoes, tomatoes, and then my brain just went with it. I was just going to say, can I Can I just say, I appreciate the way you guys say that. I say tomatoes <laughs> and potatoes, but like, I like tomatoes and potatoes. We I don't. Just like it's, the way that... it's very distinctly potatoes and tomatoes. No one okay, in the well, world I... says potatoes. That's true, but I, <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like tomatoes. I don't like them either way. Yeah, Lauren I can't agree. have them, and it's really annoying. So, they so put, this is like they put the potatoes, the, room, the tomatoes, nightmare. and the lemons all in their boxes <laughs> into the baskets. And as soon as you finish, you hear a click over by the door. That box in front of the alarm has opened. Grandmaster Anton must have hooked it up to a pressure sensor or something so that people couldn't get out until they'd done their job. 
So not only is he a thief, he's like breaking laws against his own employees. Yeah, this is like this is like OSHA violations yeah. right now. Like, I think we need to like also citizens arrest him and like yeah, this podcast goes deep. This podcast goes deep into the issues. I, I think this guy is the non-candy version of Willy Wonka. He like sets up all these dangerous traps for his employees and guests to like fall to. You know? So we're assuming Marion is short with green hair. Yeah. Okay. That's how you picture her. That's I, how you well, picture. either that or a guy with a bow hanging on the woods is after her. <laughs> so yay, do we not freeze to death and we get out into the next? No, turn? no. I'm gonna. I'm You're gonna, gonna shut the door. No, no. That no. The door's not open. The little oh yeah face over true. it. So that little button there. I just like start like hitting it as fast as I can. Oh, like man. I'm trying to enter like a speed race. <laughs> yep. So you hear a short obnoxious la- alarm go off in the next room, but there's no one there to hear it. And uh, it goes over and over and over again. It gets more annoying each time. And the faster you press, the more buzzy and stuttery it sounds. Yeah, I'm trying to short it out. <laughs> you mash it as hard and as fast as you can. And suddenly the button comes flying off. The spot, I did. The, the spot where it was stuck in now has an exposed wire, which is shooting off dangerous sparks. Get yeah, me a you, potato. You did it all right. <laughs> You stick a potato in it and you assume that you are generating power. <laughs> if the wire is sparking, all the power is already there. You're just, you're just cooking a potato. Hey, at least hey, we got a baked potato out of this. Pushing that button is hungry work. <laughs> and I don't go raw potatoes. All right, so you now have a wire sparking at you. Hey, Lauren, I got his heat. Yeah, yeah true. But I don't know how we can make that go to the gauge. Mm, it's a bit far. Ooh, let, get me a piece of meat. I'm going to watch it dance. <laughs> All right, so what are you doing with that? <laughs> are you hooking the meat up to the... <laughs> I'm going to hook up the meat up to it, like kind of like Frankenstein. <laughs> okay. You you grab a piece of this alcoholic meat and... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Stop, 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 stop. I smell the alcohol as I go for it. And I realize this is a super bad idea. <laughs> Not too late. You've done it. So you oh. go towards the alarm box with it. The spark's still flying. And one of them lands directly in the center of the meat. And instantly the whole top of it catches a light. Greg, make fire. Yeah, hold it by the center. I mean, we'll either die of cold or we'll burn to death. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, yeah. I call this the frost burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not burning your hands just yet, but it's certainly getting hot. I drop it. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, there is now a flaming steak on the floor. Awesome. I'll come back for that in about 10 minutes. Yeah, someday. <laughs> so now that we've created a fire, has the gauge at least gone down? <laughs> it doesn't. The fan is awfully far away from the floor, so... It doesn't seem to have noticed the danger you've created. Well, that fan needs to be fired. <laughs> okay, so we have the door, the 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 wires, the wires, right? Once again, do I think? Because you said this wires parking on. Do I think I can grab some kind of tools besides alcohol-soaked meat? I and think like, the alcohol-soaked meat is the only tool at your disposal right now. Okay. Can you pick up the alcohol meat and wave it at the fan in defeat? I, I try to like throw the fiery meat steak at the, the fan like I'm like on the last play of my homecoming game of football. 
<laughs> I'm just going to like chuck it at it, you know, trying to get that last touchdown. <laughs> All right, when you do that, the flame hits the gauge for a second, and just for a second, you see the the sensor jiggle up to a little bit hotter for a second. Yeah. But it doesn't stay there once the meat plops back down to the ground. Still uh, on fire. Still on this. fire. I'm going to have to hold this. <laughs> but if you hold it up to the sensor, getting all those flames engulfing it, the temperature sensor goes up and up and up, way past normal cold room temperature. And then it starts beeping, warning you that something's wrong with the fan. And after about 10 seconds of that... Yeah, and you're on fire. Yeah. <laughs> the freezer door gives an almighty lurch and it opens. So you dispose of that flaming meat in whatever fashion you deem appropriate. And you can go into the rest of the kitchen. I just want you to know, when we get this inheritance, we're doing a 60-40 split now because of the damage to my hands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I've earned my extra 10% right now. Okay, so we're out in the kitchen now. I, go for, really the first, I go for the first aid kit. I thought yeah. you might. <laughs> or rather, I tell Lauren, go for the first aid kit. There's also a sink right there, so go cold for the water. First is first aid kit. Mm. The first aid kit has all the usual bits and pieces that you might want in a kitchen. Band-aids, bandages mostly, some nitrile gloves, ethanol wipes, tissues, an EpiPen. Yes, please to all. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you cover your hands in all. They smell funny, and because of the EpiPen, you've got a bit of a shake now. You're a bit <laughs> adrenalized. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um... First things first, I'm going to go, and you mentioned in this one, because we got a good look at this room as we were going through, you yeah. said, um, there was those two benches in the middle, mm -hmm. and one was a prep counter with storage underneath. I want to go examine that underneath storage area. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm opening the cupboards, kind of checking past pots and pans that might be there. Yeah, cool. So you look under this prep counter, and... Some of the devices that you find under there are pretty straightforward, but some are devices that only kitchen enthusiasts like yourselves recognize. Kitchen enthusiasts. <laughs> you spot a juicer. There's a mortar and pestle for grinding. There's a funny little one that you recognize as a corer, one that removes fruit cores. And behind those, you find the more heavy-duty items. There's a pasta maker. There's a sous-vide machine. How, how familiar are you with those? All but the sous vide machine. Yeah, cool. what's that? <laughs> yeah, it uses like a water bath and low temperatures that cook things more evenly than just like putting like it vacuum in seal the them. In yeah. Plastic. Oh, okay. I've seen those. Seen yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. If, if you watch Australian Master Chef, you know all about them. Yeah, I've seen that on like Chopped and stuff. Sorry, but the only Australian shows I've seen recently was The Strange Calls. Oh, I love the strange like... calls. <laughs> There's a you. one season uh, yeah, show. Yeah, it's like six episodes. That I think maybe SBS made. Mm. It's the one with Barry Crocker as an old man, and uh, he's 47. He's he's not. Uh, and uh, and they're in a, they're in a caravan, and it's like small town mystery. It's like Round the Twist for adults. Oh, cool. Oh, I think you've said those words to me before. Yeah, it's a very good show. Yeah, it, I I explained it to everyone over here. It's like the X Files with a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, everybody oh. go watch Strange Calls. <laughs> No, really, it's on Netflix right now. It's fantastic, ah, that's you know. <laughs> okay, so obviously the recipe though is not here, but we have lots of torture devices that we can possibly. Yeah. Use. Okay, Ooh. and then um, so I I'm gonna pop up and also I want to see like is there anything of significance on top of the prep counter? Like maybe a knife I can use to cut wires in the future. <laughs> <laughs> so on the on top of the prep counter, 
So it's a long stainless steel bench where food gets prepared and meals get assembled. There are five platters of ingredients sitting out, but they haven't had any prep done to them yet. There's a fillet of lamb, there's some pasta dough, there are some oranges, some cumin seeds, and apples. There's also a note sitting there that says, Nobody prepares the specials but Grandmaster Anton. Too intricate. Each ingredient requires its own method of preparation. You will get it wrong if you try. Challenge accepted. <laughs> For some reason, I keep thinking if I get in the stoves, will the shark be able to see me? <laughs> Deep blue sea much. <laughs> okay, Lauren, what do you want to take a look at? Um, let's go look at the, the fridge. Not the big walk-in we just came in, but mm. the other fridge. Do not go into the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nothing really strikes you as out of the ordinary about it. It's on, it's running, cold. There's nothing even exciting inside. But it is the fancy kind of fridge. It has a water dispenser on the front. Ooh. Yeah, we've got one of those, so that's now fancy. <laughs> we saw a really cool one recently where when you open the door a certain way, it only gives you like a half shelf for the kids. And then if you open Aww. it another way, it gives you the full thing. It was very... <laughs> it's like a magic trick. It's like seriously yeah. like a magician's wardrobe. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, let's see. We also, we had um, I haven't done a pans. magician room yet, have I? Ooh. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have been the first room you made. Right? Realization. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some pots and pans on that same wall next to the fridge, right? Yeah. Fry pans, saucepans any other kinds of pans that exist. You read the brand names on some of the pot lids and yeah, they're pretty top of the line. Okay, nothing, no notes about which pans that he uses or anything like that. Nah. And then on that wall, we also have um, a stove, I believe you said? Yeah, the oven was on that wall the as well. The oven. Yeah, it's a okay. pretty good industrial oven. It's exactly the same one your grandfather had in his restaurant. Down All to the, the serial number. <laughs> <laughs> he stole it. He stole that too. <laughs> but yeah, all the dials are switched off. It's definitely cooled down for the night. And there's nothing inside of him. Nothing inside of it, but you do notice when you look a little bit closely at it, um, it's looking a little bit old. Like on the temperature dial, only one of the numbers is still fully written properly in the original text. The rest have kind of worn off. Only the 220 is still there. Okay. What else do you want to check, Greg? You also said there was a glass cupboard with cutting boards in there. Are those locked or are they available for me to open? It is locked. It's got a three-digit combination lock holding it shut. You have no idea. I answer two twenty. <laughs> it doesn't work, and actually, you have no idea why the cutting boards of all things need to be locked up. Oh, um, I know why the cutting boards of all things need to be locked up. <laughs> they're all. You can see through the glass cupboard of it, so they're all stacked up pretty neatly, all different sizes, some plastic, some wood. You can't see anything unusual in there. Okay. So, but that has a three-digit combination. Yes. Locking it. What about the sink? Do we notice anything about the sink? It's pretty large. Sitting in the draining area, there is a single saucer. As if someone just after their shift made themselves a cup of tea with a biscuit on the side. But then smashed the teacup? Because only the sauce is there. <laughs> they took that with them? <laughs> they weren't done with their tea. You yeah, know, you true. gobble down the biscuit and then you just keep walking. <laughs> it's, it's just like uh, Willy Wonka. Same thing. You drink the tea and you take a big bite ah. out of the teacup tea and you eat it. 
Yeah, yeah, point, yeah. We'll take it. It's just being Let's thematically start. consistent, Danny. <laughs> Bill, you get it. You get it, and I appreciate that. Um, how about the the window that looks out in the service window? Oh, uh, yep. Uh, the service window. You actually can't see out the window right now. It's got a shuttered blind lowered down, which is locked and needs a key to get it back open. Okay, and then there's like a little, isn't there like a little prep station in front of that? Yeah, that's where uh, all of the plates and things are. There are various sizes of plates all neatly stacked. You've got bread plates, entree plates, main plates. Sorry, uh, for Americans, I think that's appetizer plates, starter plates, entree oh, plates, worry. whatever. <laughs> Three different sizes of plates. Only a few of each kind are sitting out. The rest must be stored away somewhere until they're needed. And cutlery-wise, pretty much what you'd expect. Knives, forks, spoons, all clean, all in good condition. So for Americans, that's stabbers, slices, and lifters. Thank you. <laughs> Just in case. I, I, know, I, know the I didn't know what she meant by those other terms. <laughs> yeah. It's the pointy one. I appreciate the translation. <laughs> um, just to double check, are these these are clean, right? They're not yes. like dirty, like someone like totally slacked off on the job. It's like I'll get it tomorrow morning. <laughs> no, you're all good here. Okay, and are they stacked in like weird numbers? Like, is one stack of like the uh, appetizer plates like more than like the main course plates or something? <laughs> Um, the numbers do vary a little bit, but not in such a way that strikes you as suspicious. They okay, are just, just making sure. Yeah, small <laughs> ones stacked together, medium stacked together, big ones stacked together. Got it. I think, um, so the only thing I think we haven't checked is the stove in the middle. Yeah, the tea, the big bench of stoves. Yeah, the prep um, stoves or whatever. You can go do with that. I'm still dealing with my burning hands. <laughs> There are six large gas hobs, three rows of two, and they all look to be in working order as far as you can tell. Nothing interesting about them other than that? Nah, not especially. So I think I'm feeling like the ingredients are going to... Um... Yeah. I mean, is there any kind of a literature around that we can see, like a note or a cookbook or some kind of poster on the wall that might give us directions for how to deal with this... Uh... This uh, special uh, appetizer ingredients? Nah, your reverse psychology note saying that no one but Anton's allowed to do it is the only one you see in here that seems related to it. Ah, that's right. Well, obviously we'd probably use the juicer for the oranges. Yeah. Oh, and there was a corer for the apples. Wait, were there apples? Yeah, those apples. Okay, I must have missed that one. How do you like them apples? (laughs) And there was a pasta machine for the pasta. There was pasta? Yes. Oh, there was pasta dough. You're right. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to go down to the uh, devices area, mm. and I'm going to like scoop up all those special-looking ones, like the uh, juicer and the apples and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. We had that sous vide thing, but I don't remember. like The sous vide, I guess, maybe for the lamb? Oh, that's right. We had lamb, but and like I'm not going to be here all night, guys. Sous vide takes like days. <laughs> Doesn't know. They use it on chopped. It can't take days. It's a magic one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also a mortar and pestle, which I'm assuming is for the... For the seeds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we go and we start applying uh, the proper device to the different ingredients and yeah. we're just, you know... You're chefs, you know what you're doing with this stuff. So you grind up the cumin, you take the cores out of the apples, put the lamb in a vacuum sealed bag, you flatten out the pasta dough, and when you throw the oranges into the juicer and turn it on, you hear a strange kind of clinking noise coming from inside. Oh, good. Oh, no, it's like when I blended my... 
fork the other day. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> My Vitamix is never going to be the same. <laughs> you quickly turn it off again and you check inside and the oranges have basically been shredded. The juice and the pulpy goodness is coming out. And sitting inside the juicer among them is a key... Was it hidden inside one of the oranges? Yeah, that's where you get keys from the key tree. Oh, I okay. Like this is I thought really it was bad restaurant management. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was Anton being a weirdo, but if it's from the key tree, <laughs> it's that's from what, the key tree. That's what that's key lime delicacy. pie is, right? Yeah, that's a delicacy. Besides, you gotta get that irony diet somehow. Yeah. Hey, we come from <laughs> California in an orange area. We know about oranges. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Are these neighbors? Our local oranges? university is pretty much just nothing but an orange grove. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> Okay, well, um, something was locked. Wasn't it the service window near the mm, key? So I'm going to yeah. go. I'm, first, I don't want any rust. I'm going to go properly wash the key off in the sink. So there's <laughs> no lick it off. But okay. When you turn on the tap, hundreds of keys fall out of the faucet. <laughs> oh, um, God. Oh, no. Well, not I quite, lost it. but like it's when like you saw the real key went down the drain. <laughs> You're very lucky it doesn't because the water does come out of the sink with pretty high pressure and it steams up. This is almost boiling hot. And. You try to temper it with the cold tap. The cold tap does not seem to be working, so you're pretty lucky that you didn't run straight there to try to deal with your hands. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling like, forget the recipe. We need to call, like, the... Oh, we could just shut this guy down No, right, right? Like, if we find mice, we're... He's dead. I also feel like I am on the wrong side of Home Alone right now. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like some really genius seven-year-old came in through about half an hour ago while we were stuck in the thing, said, there's two guys in the freezer. I know. Give me. Give me an iron. And... Yeah. You're lucky that that juicer went off pretty much without a hitch. Yeah. I know, right. I check above the door for a blowtorch. <laughs> okay, no, we're going to go use the key to unlock mm. the service window, please. Sure. The shutter lifts open and you can see out into the restaurant. It looks pretty nice, pretty neat. The only really prominent feature out there is there's an enormous ornate specials board. And on it, you read, Lamb ravioli with cumin and baked apple in orange juice. Interesting combination, but it explains the ingredients that you found. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, we could make that. I mean, but... yeah, now we know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. You can go back over, you get started, you do what comes naturally to you, and you have a go at cooking that. You only use a small amount of the ingredients because waste is bad. But as you progress, you feel like this recipe is a bit... simple? It's not at all like your grandfather's grilled cheese, and you know Grandmaster <laughs> Anton. <laughs> Sorry. That got me right there. <laughs> Grandmaster's grilled cheese, I'll tell you what. Longer than a souffle, but twice as worth it. <laughs> yes, look, you know Grandmaster Anton. He seems like the type to have some weird little tricks to his cooking. So if you're going to do this, you have the feeling you should probably do it his way. All right. Whatever that is. Well, first of all, he's a lefty. <laughs> do it evilly. <laughs> Um, is there anything else on the specials board that? Yeah, we. we I want to go like really see if there's like a like a footnote on that specials board, <laughs> like asterisk gluten free. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, his secrets he keeps to himself. That's why he said no one else can do it. <laughs> see, you tried, and just like he said, you did it wrong somehow. Okay, can go back to um, 
that note about him saying you'll do it wrong somehow. Mm. Can we can we have that one more time? Uh, nobody prepares the specials but Grandmaster Anton. Too intricate. Each ingredient requires its own method of preparation. You will get it wrong if you try. Okay. I try using the corer on the lamb <laughs> to be back on the, on the cumin seeds. You have an interesting effect. It, some of it doesn't end up looking like food when you try that. The lamb does not want to go through the corer. Remember, afterwards, we still have to eat the starving kids and, you yeah, know. True. <laughs> um, and we can't see anything else in the restaurant other than the specials board. Nothing that looks exciting or relevant. So the the cutting board uh, or the the glass cabinet with the cutting board. You said mm-hmm. it was a three. It's three, three digit digits. Combination. Yes. Digits low, not letters. Right. And we already tried the two twenty. Yeah, yeah, we tried two twenty. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't check the um the shelf with pots on the uh the uh western wall. I don't uh, think. You For took a look. The yeah. pots and pans. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You all you could see about them was that there were lots of types and. On their pot lids, you saw that they were a good brand. Okay. Um, is there, because I know that in a kitchen, with all my experience, that typically you have your area that you work in. Like, if you're the sous chef, you have sure. a certain place that you always are. Does Anton have an area that, like, we know, he, I know he's probably the head chef and he'd be wandering around, but does he have kind of his own station that maybe we can go examine? Uh, you aren't familiar with it, obviously, despite all you know about him. You've never worked Darn. together. Okay. Of, of course not. He's got like written on the bottom of it, like Anton was here. Do it this way. Like, you know? <laughs> do we need to plate the food? Because we said we made it, but do we need to plate it? But did we make it right? Oh, true. That's the question. Yeah. We also have the hot water. I'm not sure what the hot water. We drown it in water first. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have the tap on the fridge that lets out water. Yeah. But I'm not sure what we need water for. Just to flood the kitchen after you leave. Yeah. Right. Well, we are the wet bandits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back to the alarm. <laughs> I feel like we've looked at everything. Ooh, ooh, what if his special ingredient is uh, from the EpiPen? He stabs every lamb <laughs> thing with. Yeah, so, that's why it's so special. It makes everyone all pumped up afterwards. Rawr! That was the greatest meal ever. <laughs> that's how EpiPens work. So let, let's go back to the... Um, the that box low um is after greg ravaged it for his um burns is there anything left of note in there <laughs> nah, it looks like pretty normal safety stuff but this is a good idea in that there is still some bits and pieces in the room that you can examine a little bit more carefully to find what you need next mm. i want to check those that line of stoves that you say was uh, three by two, mm-hmm. do they all turn on and do they all seem to function in the same way? Or yes, maybe... they do. They're okay, all good. I was good. thinking maybe there'd be a pattern there. Yeah, mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, let's examine on the fridge, the water tap on the front. Does it actually pour water? It does. And whoa, it's freezing. Like, we got really cold water. And, and really, really hot, hot water. water. Mm. We got a bunch of pots. <laughs> So I guess we can make some room temperature water by either combining them or by waiting 30 minutes. <laughs> I guess so. Was there anything else that seemed to sort of stand out, like to be on its own in some way? I mean, that old stove. But like we got that number off of it, that 220 with the dials. And that was there. that stove works, though. 
Like the one with the 220 douse, but it actually works, right? It seems like it'd work, but you know how these ovens work. They take a while to preheat Oh, no, everything. but I'm just saying, like, it's it's not like a decorative, oh, yeah. like, you know. No, it definitely like, works. in memorance of our first uh, kitchen, we're going to put this huge thing that takes up way too much space. <laughs> of course. Um, tell me more about, what, what did you have around the sink area again? A sink? <laughs> so like, mm. Yeah, tell me about the sink. above the sink? Is there anything, no. like, um, on the wall above the sink? No, this is all still stuff that you've already seen, but can you remember what you've seen about this? I just remember there on that saucer. side, there was... Oh, well, there was the saucer, the single saucer. Mm-hmm. So right. there was. So there was. Is there... Okay, I pick it up and I examine the saucer. Does it stand out as apart from any of the other plates we've seen in the room? Well, on the underside of it, you notice that in some sort of black marker... There's a cross. Looks kind of like a plus sign. But other than that, it looks exactly yeah, apart like from the that, other plates. Very similar stylistically. Okay, so, okay so maybe we need to go look at those plates and turn them over? Yeah, I gotta go look at all those plates and turn them over. Good thing you... I didn't smash them like I was soaking about before. <laughs> she said no smashing. <laughs> Yet. No. Yeah. All no right, one's so... here. Who's gonna hear me? You know, <laughs> if they didn't hear us messing about in the freezer, they're not gonna care. <laughs> yeah, you pick up one of the bread plates from the pile, and there is something painted or drawn on the underside. It's a letter. It says V. You lift the other three bread plates that are there, and they all have letters too. There's an E, an N, and an O. You try the next size up plates, and they also have letters. There are five of these plates. R O K F and S. Sorry, what was that? R O K F and S. Foxtrot Sierra. Yes, Thank I you. got them. I knew them. <laughs> you good job. High five. <laughs> and as for the biggest plates, just four of these ones, and their plates have an S, L, I, and D. Sierra, Lima, I. What's I? Indigo. I don't know. I think it's Iota. Iota. Probably. And D Delta? Delta. Denmark. Or are we just going Greek now? <laughs> no, it is It is Delta. Okay, good. Well, at least the American one is. I don't know if there's a difference for other countries. Yeah, but yeah. Maybe. That's a good point. This is the NATO phonetic alphabet. Are we part of NATO? Are we part of NATO? It's North Atlantic. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, but we like to barge you... in on treaties we shouldn't be part of. <laughs> Name one. NATO. <laughs> Both Euro- kicking Eurovision. the door. What's going on in here? Both world wars. <laughs> no, I think Eurovision is the most egregious. Yeah, we were just in Eurovision. Get out of here. We can be part of NATO if we want. There you go. Okay, so we've got Veno, which is like a really weird way to say wine. We've got rocks first, <laughs> which rocks. So wine rocks my my lids. <laughs> Well, the only thing I can see the last one is lids. I don't, does this spell anything else? Dills? I don't think there's one L in dills. And I don't think dills is a word, so. Do we think that if we rearrange these letters that they might spell something? Or is that maybe that me seems, overthinking things? It seems possible. Okay, well, check it out. The first one says oven. Mm-hmm. F-O-R-K-S. That's forks. Hmm. And lids? And what? Lids. Lids. Yeah, that's what I said before. So we're going to think that says oven, forks, and lids. Like pot lids. And don't forget the saucer. 
Plus. Oh, plus. Oven plus forks plus lids. Okay, so we're going to count how many forks there are in this place and how many lids there are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you count 60 forks. Takes you a while. Whoa. Now, are we talking shrimp forks, salad forks, All dessert forks? forks? All okay, forks. Just, just making sure. I want to make sure my bases are covered. <laughs> And so ovens, do we just consider the one the it, oven? It, no, it's the oven is the... That the oven. Have, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, is that the 220? Well, that's what I would think, okay. yeah. Okay, and then what's the lids? How many lids do we have here? We're talking Tupperware. We're talking pot lids. We're talking hats. They must have a lot of <laughs> um, versatility because you only count 10. Okay, so I'm going to go back to that combination lock, the three-digit one, mm-hmm. which I think was on the glass cutlery. I'm going to try 290. The cabinet opens. Yeah. You can now handle some cutting boards if you want. Oh, it's just cutting boards. I thought the knives were in here. Darn. I'm so upset now. <laughs> You've I had access to, to knives, knives the whole time. <laughs> what? Oh, I feel so betrayed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so cutting boards. Do we just... Mm. I'm going to start taking them out and examining them since we learned our lesson with the plates. We're yes. going to really take a look at all these cutting boards. Yeah, good idea. There are loads of marks from the knives on all of the boards. You know, how people just slash a little bit hard and they leave lots of lines through them. There's one of the wooden boards in particular that catches your eye because the cuts in its surface almost look like letters and it looks like they say burn i should have warned you sooner yeah right (laughs) okay so i think we need to go take that food that we made and kind of overcook it burn it a little bit okay right is there anything else on this besides just the word burn that definitely seems to be it just this wooden cutting board with burn written on it okay so like i think we slightly like cajun style this you know we we burn it up a little bit okay so you're burning your food a little bit just, we're going to, just a tinge, just to what? give it that crispy, you know, edge. What if we burn, is the is this cutting board, um, wood? Yes. Oh, you want to burn the, okay, just yeah. Just saying, maybe we toast it a little. Okay, let's toast the cutting board before we do the food, yeah. <laughs> well, normally you wouldn't commit such wanton destruction, but it might be telling you to burn it. What can you do? So you go over to the stove and you turn on the flames. You hold the corner of the cutting board against it. And pretty soon the corner turns black. Doesn't seem to be actually catching fire. You move it around a little bit, get it at different angles. And suddenly the entire board cracks right in half down the middle. Not only that, something falls out of it and you have to snatch it out of the air before it hits the flames. And you don't want to burn yourself again. I hold up my bandaged covered hands and I look at you. And I'm like, guess who's doing that? (laughs) It's a tiny notebook. And the pages have Grandmaster Anton's handwriting. Ooh, what does it say? What does it say? It says, how to insert things into other things without making it seem like there's something that was forced into there. (laughs) Practice first with keys and oranges. (laughs) Move up to how you found this book. (laughs) Yeah, it seems, it doesn't have recipes in it, but it does seem to have little tricks and tips for making existing recipes better. For instance, on the very last page, you see... Ravioli special secrets. Lamb needs a wipe with pure ethanol before wrapping. Finished ravioli needs warm water sprinkled over tops. After assembling, heat on top left stove. Okay, so I'm going to go back into the meat freezer. Hold the door, please. (laughs) Hold the door. and I'm going to get some of that ethanol, that alcohol there, and I'm going to wipe the lamb with it. You... It's okay, It's it still smells, you know, that kind of strong pungent thing, but you aren't sure if this is quite right, and 
you recall Wasn't that it does say ethanol? pure ethanol and oh, well, normal alcohol. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking like, okay, there you go. <laughs> if you didn't, well, I hope you didn't use it on your burn. That sounds painful. Trust me, um, I screamed a lot, and you would tell me like you should hold her down, but like, hey, they were closed, man. It's fine. <laughs> so how about we use the ethanol from the first aid kit? Okay, fine. Yeah, all right. Uh, it gives the lamb a bit of a shine. You would never have thought of this, but okay. We're more, more shooting a commercial uh, photo than <laughs> actually for a proper exactly. con- you know, consumption. We would never eat anything Anton makes anyway. Okay, then I'm going to go get, um, does it say how much water I need? Like I'm going to get a pot, but I'm going to get a pot that I estimate to be the right amount of water to go make <laughs> some. It just says you know. sprinkled over tops. Oh, so sprinkled. Then I'm going to get much. the smallest pot. I'm going to fill yeah. it like three quarters of the way full with the steaming hot water and then go over the <laughs> fridge and get the rest of it. You know, and then I'm just going to. Yeah, perfect. You now have what's probably way too much water, but it is warm water. So yeah, seems fair. Difference. You can just like dip your fingers in and flick them. Bandages and all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have the prepared dish now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you can't imagine how what you've done really is going to affect the cooking process, but everything does look kind of nice and pretty. Okay, I guess we go put it at the serving window because it's ready to go. Yeah. Have we plated it? Well, what was the what was the final step of that of that note? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you take out the little notebook again and you double check. So, needs a wipe with pure ethanol. Needs mm-hmm. warm water sprinkled over the tops. And after assembling, heat on top left stove. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Stove. So I go find the top left stove, the one that works just as well as any of the other stoves. Yep. <laughs> it has sentimental value. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So you have no idea why this completed ravioli meal needs to go in the stove, nor what's so special about this top left one. But Grandmaster Anton must have a reason for his instructions. Maybe the entire meal will explode and your grandfather's recipe will come out of it. Um, you turn I've up the seen flames. It yeah. <laughs> and you sit your finished dish on top of it. The ingredients seem to be reacting to the heat. And suddenly, as if the fire seeps through the plate itself, the food catches a light. It's a brilliant fire. It's unlike any you've seen in a kitchen before. It's unlike any that you've caused in this kitchen before. Witchcraft, run. (laughs) Yeah, you don't get it. You can do nothing but stare. And as you do, you notice the flames are making an interesting glow on the nearest wall. There are words written on it in some kind of invisible ink, and this fire is revealing it. You can read every word, and there's no doubt what it is, because the first words are... Grilled cheese. (laughs) So we have found the grilled cheese recipe. You have, and with a feeling of immense satisfaction, you take a photo of it or write it down yourself. And then, I mean, I don't know about you, but I fully recommend sabotaging it in some way so that Grandmaster Anton won't have it anymore. Yeah, I'm going to go put that, um, it should say gluten-free on it. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just go up, rub out the word cheese and write... Dog poo. <laughs> that'll, that'll get him. Uh, well, perfect. And you left a whole bunch of flames and pouring water out. So this kitchen's going to be in a perfect state when Anton comes in tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, you... I go back into the um, I go back into the uh, the freezer. Right. First, I get one more piece of lamb. 
and I put it to the stove so it's on fire. I go back into the freezer and I just chuck it into that vat full of alcohol and meat. <laughs> the kitchen, the, the restaurant kitchen. explodes as you yeah. casually walk away across and, the street. Yeah, I just casually walk away. Just I'm starting to get unnerved by how many of our rooms have been ending this way. Oh, oh, oh real quick, real quick. I go back and I'm cha- I do change one uh, ingredient on the recipe. I change the cheese from American cheddar, the best cheese ever, to kazumatsu. I have no the, idea what that is. That's a real cheese that is only viable if it has living maggots, maggots in it. Oh, that one. Ah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Congratulations. You, you guys sold did it. You sold everything. And I you sabotaged it. Anton exactly the way he deserved. Yeah. That was fun. Uh, good job. I don't know how good we were at it, but... Oh, you're fantastic. Well, hey, we did it in under an hour, so yeah, that's a typical Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah. Perfect. I'm proud. When we, um, when we first ran this, so we ran this at a live show. We wrote it specifically for a show that we did in the Netherlands. Um, and uh, we, had, uh, we had a set of guests. Uh, two of them stayed on the whole time, uh, but there was a, a, a third guest where they rotated out between the freezer and the main room. So in that story, I guess it was a family of four one of whom refused to go into the freezer or let them out, and the other one <laughs> broke his leg in the freezer, and they just left him there to die. He broke his leg. What they wouldn't. They wouldn't drag him did out. He tried kicking the fan way. <laughs> he yeah. just slipped. I think. They were all, no. They were all really short, so they had to make kind of a human pyramid sort of thing to get the flaming meat up to the fan. Ah, uh, yes. Didn't go well. Wow. But, uh, yeah, no. Uh, that was really good. That was very fun. It's fun that to do a room for the second time. Fun, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, we have a couple of questions for you then, guys. You know, oh, yeah, cool. kind of like tie this all in. Uh, first of all, we normally focus on actual like board games and like mm. tabletop games. Well, we know? also do escape rooms too. And escape rooms too, yeah. But um, I, I first want to know, do you guys have any actual board games that you enjoy playing? And oh, if- yeah. Uh, we just got and tried out for the first time the new expansion to Boss Monster. Yeah, that was fun. I don't know how new that expansion is uh, anymore. Good point. Boss Monster is great. great. We we, we we it's 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 really fun to just you know you build those sort of uh, homages to old side-scrolling Metroidvania games, but you build little uh, your own boss dungeon and heroes come in to try and raid it. But yeah, they, so the they we had the first game for a while, and we just recently bought their standalone expansion, which is such a great concept because it's playable in and of itself as an expansion. It's it's an entirely playable game. But you can also just fold those same cards back into the original game and play it with twice as much variety. Does it um, increase the player count at all, either? No, like, I don't play know if it does, but then? I haven't actually looked That's at the, at the best question. way to integrate them. We played it by itself. I wonder if you could play it with more, given be... that there's just such a higher volume yes. of cards. It'd be mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, I haven't I haven't tried yet. But yes, we are definitely big game people. Our linen closet in our apartment is actually a games closet. Yes, we've got one here too. Um, Billy likes his huge multi hour strategy games. Yeah, they play enough of them. (laughs) Uh, I agree. There must be a guy thing. Guys, we we like to play those long, long campaigns. Yeah. Yeah, I like my Betrayal at House on the Hill. That's, oh, that's probably a highlight. Yes, I, I, I've played that and I want to buy it, but the problem is that Lauren tried it twice with friends and we got the exact same scenario both times. What? Wow, we that's have, so we've unlikely. probably played that game 30 times and never we haven't had the same one. Although we also have a rule that if, if you get the same haunt, you just don't do it. 
Mm. Yeah, we, we just keep going. Have done that. Yeah, because Lauren is kind of like spoiled on it. She's like, no, it's just going to be the Jack the Ripper one again or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's just so astonishingly unlikely. Yeah. It's like me with Munchkin. The only time I've played Munchkin, it was a complete wipeout in like five minutes. And wow. so wow. I've been told how impossibly unlikely that is, but it just means I haven't played it again. Yes. It's hot. We've had a Munchkin yeah. game that lasted for hours. Like three hours or something. Yeah, but we were also yeah. playing like way more people. We, just, we had like 10 like, people. We just yeah. took a bunch of decks and combined <laughs> them. And, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, my other big one that people often don't play with me because they hear me say it and then they think, oh yeah, I played that in my childhood. It must be a kid's game. Is Cluedo or Clue. I, I love Clue. Love it. And people don't want to play with me. <laughs> Lauren actually got me for one of my first birthdays when we were together a Dungeons and Dragons version of Clue, and I cherish Aww. that. Oh, my my special one is my Simpsons version. Simpsons mm-hmm. Clue is quite. Good. Yeah, we've seen a um, Monty Python version too that I've been interested <laughs> yeah. in. <laughs> and of course, if you like Clue, though, um, what is it the the other one that we have? Mysterium. Mysterium. That's a good. It's like Ooh. Clue, but it's like a grown up version of Clue, kind of. <laughs> it's it, Mysterium. Yeah, I'll take a look at it. No, yeah. yeah, it's it's like Clue, but without the board, where like one person is the ghost, ah. and then you play cards to get someone to guess which of the one, whether it's Mr. Green or Miss Plum or whatever, you know. Huh. Yeah, oh, that's fun. It's kind of like a more expanded version. So, um, do you guys, since you kind of this podcast that you guys do, um, I'm assuming, did you guys do any kind of roll and write? rpgs in the past like dungeons and dragons or anything like that yeah definitely we've both done our hand at playing and game mastering i definitely prefer being on the game mastering (laughs) side i'm not that great at improvising so being in total control works for me yeah (laughs) um yeah although we don't we didn't uh we don't really play dnd but i started when i was how i don't know how old i was when i first started like 14 um, and I started playing Merp was the first system I played. I don't know if you ever played Merp. I've uh, heard that term, but I don't know too much so about it. So it's tell you the it's truth. I think it's defunct now. Like you can't buy it because uh, they got sued because it's a um, uh, it's set it's Middle Earth role playing. So it's uh-huh. it's a D one hundred system. Um, oh lord. Which I mean D one hundred is exactly the same as a D twenty except every five is just a one on a twenty. Uh, but I prefer it because you get to roll two dice at once which feels nice because they go clink, clink, clink in your hand before you roll, <laughs> which is far more satisfying. Um, but it's very like very basic. It was, it was sort of a basic version of, um, of that company's bigger role-playing game, which is Ro- uh, Rollmaster. Rollmaster is probably a bit too complex, or it was for me when I was 14 mm. at the very least. It's a bit, bit overwrought. But, um, but Merp was a really great start for me. What we played together a lot was we played one of the Green Ronin games. We played the their Dragon their Age, Dragon Age RPG. Huh. Which we played together. That was great. Um, I also played, and you did as well. Um, we played some Deadlands, mm-hmm. the original classic Deadlands rule set. I don't know if you've played that, which is good fun. I, I've heard of that as well. I had know a bit more about that than Merp, but yeah, I still have not actually touched it myself. Yeah. But so yeah. Deadlands was was really fun. Again, a bit too, like a little bit too much, I think, in terms of um, some of the mechanics. You know, like there's there's like one too many rolls when you when you're attacking people. You know. Yeah, I heard it's like overly complicated than it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's still good. And, like, some really cool stuff there. Like, you know, uh, they really integrated cards. Like, the magic system in that game involves playing poker against demons to win their power. So when you want to cast a spell, you just, like, you draw a big poker hand and then you make the best hand you can out of it. And, like, so casting a spell with a pair of twos is pretty terrible. But if you're casting that same spell with a full house, it just destroys things. It's wonderful. 
Um, so really interesting. We're about to start playing another campaign of Savage Worlds. Um, oh, I know Savage Worlds, yeah. And Deadlands, Savage Worlds came from Deadlands. They turned oh, okay. Deadlands, they took the Deadlands rule set, they pared it down, and then they made it uh, setting universal. ambiguous. Uh, so they made a universal role-playing system, and that, that's what Savage Worlds is. And you can see a few of the little like vestiges that don't make a, a huge amount of sense when you just <laughs> see them in Savage Worlds. Like Savage Worlds does initiative by drawing cards, but it's like the only way they use a deck of cards in a lot of systems. Whereas that's a holdover from, from Deadlands, which had a lot of stuff built around having a deck of cards, including initiative. I think that's fantastic doing the deck of cards, though. Deck of cards is great. That's fun. Um, Deadlands, you could draw a lot. Like, based on your speed, you'd end up with, like, six cards in your hand. You could do, like, six actions in a turn. And so, like, it was a bit more involved. And your experience is divvied out with poker chips. Poker chips. And it's all all very cool. But uh, Savage Worlds, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a a nice system. It'd be really fun to get teeth into that. Um, So, obviously, I mean, you guys are doing this podcast. I take it that you are fans of physical, actual escape rooms in... Definitely. Yeah. Though, surprisingly enough, we have not done many at all compared to other enthusiasts that are out there that like have their numbers in the three figures and things like that. <laughs> Definitely. Cause... Yeah. We, I feel like to some people, like just regular people, we, I mean, we're about to hit, I think, 50. We're coming on to four dozen. Yeah. Yeah. And like when we tell normal people that, they're like, oh my God, you've done so many. And it's, but then if we tell enthusiasts that, they're like, Oh, we've done oh, 300. Good work. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And especially as well, because we've, we've done a lot of uh, recordings with people like from like LA. Mm. And LA, mm. I don't think you can walk down the street without accidentally doing an escape room. Yeah, so, there's tons. Pretty much. So, so they're just like, oh, yeah, we started trying to do escape rooms a couple of weeks ago. So we've done about 80. He's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're in we, Sydney mm. and uh, we've done a lot of the ones in Sydney, but not all of them. Not at all. Um, and we've but done a few We also, even, even as far as Sydney goes, we live quite far away from most of them. That, yeah. That's kind of us. Like, we, we've done a lot of LA rooms, but it takes us a good, like, hour and a half to two hours to get to LA. So in order to go there, it's like a big trip kind of thing. Like, yeah, because regardless of the fact that the drive should only take you, like, 50 minutes, traffic is always... Yeah. <laughs> I hear <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. We're, we're hoping that maybe uh, sometime next year we can have a bit of a trip to LA and maybe just spend a week having some locals tell us where we can go and how oh, many escape rooms to do. we will give that list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will come out and do rooms with yeah, you. Yeah, I'll you do want. it again. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, so we're, hope- we're hoping that our presence and doing escape rooms with us is fun enough that people will also let us crash on their couches. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. <laughs> um, so what's the weirdest thing you've ever had to do in an escape room? Ooh, I don't know. Most of our escape rooms have been pretty reasonable. Yeah, um, we haven't had too many of the. I tell you the weirdest ones. thing, not in a not in a really weird way, but in just a bit of a didn't expect that going in. Mm-hmm. The room itself, not not one of my favorite rooms. It's it's one of the ones I, I didn't enjoy a huge amount, but very very tech heavy. And uh, so one of the weird ones we did was you had to play a song on a harp that didn't have any strings. The strings were lasers. Oh, so that was we, we've had something similar yes 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 uh so that was probably the 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 strangest sort of like it's impressive like okay i guess we can do that uh hamster wheel through an oh old that, was that was amazing there was Wait, a, there's a room yeah. ha- okay. i heard hamster wheel and yep. i was excited <laughs> okay so this was a room where the rooms themselves the transitions were what made this yeah. room 
So going from one to the other was not just a door, not even a hidden door, but there was an instance where to get from one to the other, you had to get into a human-sized hamster wheel and roll yourself to the next room. <laughs> oh, God. I'm coming to Sydney tomorrow. <laughs> the, so there was another the best the transition before that was even better though. Mm. You had to you were in a room and you you came in one door and then during the solving of the room, two huge ropes appeared. You pull them the entire room moves. You go back out the same door into a different mm. place. Very oh cool. That's fantastic. Wow. <laughs> uh, so there's some very that that was very fun. That's like Batman villain like Riddler level stuff. Yeah, you know? really. <laughs> I was gonna say I think our weirdest thing is shutting you in a coffin. No, no. The weirdest <laughs> thing was standing in three foot of water or three life. three inches of water i mean while playing with electricity yeah 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 <laughs> that's scary while the while the ceiling yeah so it's this one <laughs> in, it's this one called the elevator shaft where you the where you can see the elevator above you spoilers so a, spoilers a, oh no come on spoilers, everybody. but like near the end like we're having to use these wires to like connect circuit breakers and anytime you make a wrong move, the thing drops like a couple more, you know, meters. Oh my god, this is like and the so Guantanamo like, room. <laughs> yeah, so the finale is like, you know, I, I accidentally tripped this thing that like started to flood the room with water. So we're standing in inches <laughs> of water. I'm holding like, you know, these wires and Lauren's looking at me like, do you know what you're doing? I'm like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, again, I've heard that in other places, they can get a little bit crazy in the expectations <laughs> well, sometimes. There's also the one where we had to dig our hand into a clogged toilet to, yes. you know, fish oh, out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but fun. at least we have, like, everything's safe here. I've heard oh. in other countries, like, you don't sign waivers. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the best story that we have, though, is uh, in that same room, we took forever for some reason to find the flashlight. Like it was right there when we, from the word go, we could have just looked down to the left and grabbed it, but we totally missed it. So there's this completely dark room and I go in there and I open the door and I hear someone else say hello. And I just close the door. Like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the poor actor later said he was like trying so hard not to break character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've never you... actually done one with an actor in it. Oh. Oh, it's, it's not a big it's... thing here. They always want to scare me. Yes. And Lauren <laughs> that worries me. points out to them, oh, Greg, he's going to come after you now. And I turn to you and I say, thanks, dear. <laughs> yeah, because Greg scares easy. <laughs> so for your rooms, um, how, how long does it take you to come up with these? Um, It depends on how diligent I'm being, but I can definitely get designed, written, typed up and everything, one in a week with no problem. That's pretty good. Yeah, I tend to I make it, these my work week, essentially. So I, have I think that option. you playtest them first. Ideally, there have okay. been a, a few where that hasn't been an option. Like our entire season two, Bill was one of the players for each episode. I was going to say, poor Bill, he must be like, oh, yeah. another one of these. Which meant that he couldn't be the playtester because he had to be an actual player. Yeah, so, you can give him answers. Yeah, they went by the wayside a bit there. Luckily... I haven't had too many horrible issues. It's mostly just things like, oh, I forgot to type up what happens when you pick up that plate. That sort of thing. <laughs> so do you come up with it midair or do you pause? Absolutely. And... <laughs> well, I, yeah, luckily, thank you for Bill's editing because I normally go through and I say, oh, crap, this isn't in my notes. Okay, this isn't in my notes. Danny, fix this later. Um, <laughs> when you lift plates... 
yeah. plate has thing. Yeah. Generally like I said, improvising isn't my thing. Usually, I don't think there's ever really been a moment where it's not complete in your note. It's not in one version of your note. Yeah. So sometimes you'll be bringing out old notebooks and other <laughs> things. And, wait, well, no, no, I've got this here. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's here. But I that's was wondering very about that because it seems like, you know, I was like, how do you guys not have any dead air? And I'm like, they must, you know, oh, edit it because I can't imagine people just are able to keep going. See, th- this tells you right now that Lauren doesn't do the editing. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, but especially for puzzles, everybody ends up sounding smarter in the final episodes than they do when they're recording. Um, now, this the, the one that people have just listened to. I didn't have a hand in editing this one, so maybe it's the same, maybe it's not. <laughs> but in general, right, people people have these these gaps and these things that you can bring forward. Um, sometimes when things are are coming to a head, like there's like an emotional sort of the puzzles are getting there and getting there and getting there. Um, sometimes people suddenly just drop off, go completely like, wait, maybe maybe the color blue is really important. You're like, oh, it's not important at all. And they'll have a 10-minute <laughs> tangent trying to find a blue. You're just like, I'm just going to cut that, just the whole that whole bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, hopefully there's nothing fun or integral there because that's just gone, you know, and you keep up the that, pass, that pace. But they're, like, they're pretty accurate. You know, as long as you keep everything, as long as no information is ever kept from the audience and anything that could help them is, like, put in there when people are thinking through, that's the sort of stuff that's important to keep. But you also have the interesting challenge of people want to be able to keep up and solve the puzzles themselves exactly. at home. So you have to leave some thinking time in. Yeah, you, like you don't want to just have them go, oh, and I've got it, and to continue on and have the people at home going, wait, wait, what's going on? Wait, what What was that? There were three. So sometimes it's, you know, we'll, we'll do that. Sometimes we'll, uh, even live rather than, not in editing, but in live, you, someone will say, oh, and then I go to the chair and, you, and you'll stop that. Oh, so... Why are you going to the chair? Oh, well, because of the clue. The, it was an anagram. Yeah, there you go. Thank you for mm-hmm. saying that. Now we can go <laughs> yeah. to the chair. Thanks for walking me through that, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, good. Now we're off to the chair. So people, everyone's on the same page. Kind of um, like show your work in school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Show your work exactly. math. Right? Yeah. And it, as and a maths just... tutor as well in the afternoons, I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting doing, consist, like doing puzzles for, for audio uh, it's different. It's not. It's not something that you usually get, especially complex puzzles um, or things that require a few steps. It's. It's. It can be. It can be interesting making sure that they're. They can be followed, just by listening. Also, you guys. So you make all of your um, rooms available too on um, online, so people can like download them and play them out themselves too, right? Have you heard of listeners doing that? We definitely have. It's been really great because at first we weren't sure if that was ever going to happen, but it definitely has been. Yeah, actually, it was really we when we started, we were talking about whether or not we wanted to make the games available. I thought like it's nice, uh, and I think it's a, a a big part of what's uh, helped the the show grow, um, especially from people who are escape room fans more so than podcast fans or or, or role playing game people. They've really taken to it, and they, people play them together uh, as a as a way to do more escape rooms. Like you know, as you know, like escape rooms are an expensive hobby, uh, and people. Uh, a lot of our feedback has had people playing it and saying like it really captures the emotional feeling of doing an escape room. Uh, but a lot of people have been playing them really early on. Uh, we were part of a escape room enthusiast Slack group, and they started doing them by text in the Slack chat. Uh, we've had uh, a listener who was a teacher who ran them for their students in. Uh, 
uh, doing like lunch times. Families um, run them together. Families run them. And more recently, we've actually been hearing feedback that um, one of our listeners is trying to make things get going with the blind and visually impaired community and have them being able to play them. Yeah. I was just thinking that that too. Yeah. It's all audio. So like, yeah, you could have someone who normally sounds excited about these, but can't do an actual room. Exactly. They can do this. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's fantastic. Yeah. There are definitely physical restrictions in real rooms and yeah, we get to get around that a bit. Yeah. So that's been, that's been really cool to see as well. We also have people who, who make their own, um, we we've done we've so we give all the rooms out for free, but we also have a couple bonus episodes talking about the process of making the rooms. And since those came out, we've had people make their own rooms. Uh, we've had people make them and come on and run them for us. Uh, we've had one in our first season and, and a couple more coming up. Um, but other people uh, who just who who design the rooms themselves and play them with families and friends and we have, have at a least themselves. one ten year old who designs her own. Wow, cool. good on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, so it's it's been really good. I think, and I think making it open to everyone has has really helped with that. It's been really cool to see that like grow as a community. Uh, it's been fun. Yeah, I feel like because there's a lot of you know those um, the kind of escape room in a box type games that you can purchase mm. yes. now. Yeah. But they like a lot. Of, I hear about a lot of people who do those and they've never done an escape room before, and it's kind of like that's. I'm sure they're fun, and we've done some of them too, and you know they're they're okay, mm. but they don't really capture that feeling where I think this captures more of that escape room feeling. Aww. I mean, yes, you're not physically touching anything, but you know you're going through the same process. Yeah, and you're thinking about what did I see, what, did I, mm-hmm. and I know that this room that what we did here with you guys today does it better because whenever Lauren and I get frustrated in a room, I want to turn to her and say, I don't know, Margot. <laughs> <laughs> Just like from uh, Christmas Vacation, you know. And I almost said that to her today. <laughs> so you almost got a Margot out of me, which is Perfect. much better than any of the uh, escape rooms. Just take, box. just take the one you did then and edit it back in at a. Yeah. Oh, I will. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's. I think that's part of it because it is. It's like a role playing game. It, it it gives you that context that sometimes can be missing with other take home games which because they're physical can often do some really interesting puzzles. Um, we had, we had as guests on one of our episodes, um, uh, the wild optimist, the people who make uh, werewolf escape, what is it? Escape room the in a box, the werewolf experiment, experiment yeah. which was one of the mean. first. Yeah, we, we've actually yeah. done that one. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. And that was one of the better ones. Too. That is, that is a very good Absolutely. one. Absolutely. But they, you know, they have these, like they can have physical puzzles and they, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and that's the, that's the upside of those types of, at home experiences that you can really sort of pick things up and look and find and, and use mm-hmm. your senses in that way. Uh, but the benefit that we have is that we can sort of craft the story and the setting a bit more. We can give you yeah, a theme. You can and a place. definitely see our role play experience behind what we do more yeah. so. For and I think sure, that makes yeah. it that makes it feel emotionally similar to being in a real room. Because you can basically just say, close your eyes, picture a real room. Now start looking around. Like mm-hmm. it, it gives them a bit more of that agency that you get from a normal escape room um, at, at, at the cost of having real physical things to manipulate. Well, thank you guys for um, coming on. Um, can you tell the audience you know, where to find the podcast? I believe you guys do have a Patreon as well. Yes. Uh, so uh, you can find our podcast Pretty much anywhere, except I think maybe not Google Play because they have some weird yeah, Australian Google Play issues. at least used to, not like um, Australian podcasts. But you can get it on Spotify, you can get it on iTunes, you can get it on any other third-party pod catcher. Uh, you can find us online at escapethispodcast.com um, or if you want to find us on Twitter, we're at 
esque this podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram at Escape This Podcast. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Come join us on the Facebook page, uh, and they're the, they're the biggest easy ways to find us. Um, if you're looking for if you if you've just heard about us through this episode and you're looking for somewhere to jump in, uh, most of our rooms are standalone rooms like this one, completely encased, and you can pick any room that seems like it's fun. Uh, the other thing that we did is our second season. Uh, was a series of 10 rooms all connected together called Children of Mysaris. Uh, and so those are the only ones where you want to go from chapter 1 to chapter 10 in order because there's a growing story. Um, you'd be and very of, lost if you came in. I yes, you can't jump into You'd be very lost, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we're doing that again at the start of... Uh, <laughs> we're doing that again at the start of next year. So there'll be another sort of 10-chapter arc put together. But other than those, anything without the name ch- the word chapter in it, Jump in, pick any room that you like based on the guest or the setting or the pun in the title. Yeah, and you mentioned we have a Patreon. You can come join us there. We've got some bonus episodes where we do slightly different things. Yeah, the bonus stuff we do on our Patreon is quite fun. We do, um, Danny takes uh, public domain murder mysteries, early Agatha Christie. Uh, we did Murder on the Rue Morgue, Murders on the Rue Morgue, and turns them into playable games, experiences similar to this where it just starts, you go, you're the detective, there's been a murder, <laughs> go do it. And so you go, oh, I, does, does he have any staff? Oh, he's got a maid. I want to talk to the maid. And then Danny plays the maid and we go through that. And so we run through murder mysteries as similar in a similar style. They're playable. Uh, again, no character sheets, no stats, no roles, just just investigation and conversation to solve mysteries. That's pretty cool because we, we've done a couple murder mysteries with our friends. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big murder mystery fan here. Yeah. Well, we definitely encourage everyone to check out your podcast yes. and we hope that maybe you guys come on again because this was a lot of fun and we'd love to do one of these again. Yeah. yeah, yeah awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you for having us. Uh, music for this episode was provided by bensound.com. As always, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Rates and reviews on iTunes are much appreciated as it really helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Come talk games with us. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.